Welcome to Casual Conversations, brought to you by Momentum Ministries, helping you attain, maintain, and regain momentum for life. Let's join the conversation with author and pastor Scott Wade, president of Momentum Ministries. Good morning. This is Pastor Scott, and we're on with John Witsett, who is helping us think deep thoughts. Just before we came on, John, you said you were going to pull me out of the weeds. Are you going to do that? No, I'm saying if I get in the weeds, I'm looking for you to pull me out. Oh, that's what it was. You just heard what I said, my friend. (laughs) Well, John was on with us last week. He's been our guest several times before here on Casual Conversations. And uh, I won't take a whole lot of time introducing you, but you are uh, associate pastor, retired uh, from senior pastoring. And you also are an adjunct professor for um, For Southern Southern Nazarene University and mm-hmm. also work in a, as property manager uh, for yeah. some properties in uh, Houston In the metro area. Houston area, right. So, and uh, John and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, I appreciate his ministry, his spirit, his heart for the Lord, and for the truth. And that's why I've asked John to come on. Uh, John, you have um, written some articles in your blog, and let me uh, share again for folks to, uh, to sign up for your blog. It's at uh, johnwitsit.com. Yeah, really original name there for the blog. I put my 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 name was available as a domain, so I snagged it. That's a good one. <laughs> so I'm encouraging my my listeners today. Go on johnwitsit.com, subscribe to that, and uh, you'll be blessed as as those uh, blogs uh, come into your inbox. So, well, John, you uh, as I said, you've been uh, been busy. You you don't mm-hmm. have a real schedule, but in the last few weeks, you've put out three great ones. Uh, you did one just this past week on the leadership summit that uh, you yes. hosted the two weeks before that you, you spoke on, or you wrote on, I should say, inerrancy and inspiration. We talked about that last week. Right. And then uh, you wrote another one, the, the, how we can reconcile the God of the old Testament with the God of the new Testament. You, uh, you set the table well for us as you talked about inerrancy and inspiration of the scripture. So why don't you just take a couple of minutes and and bring our listeners, maybe they didn't hear it last week, or just bring them up to date. Yeah, yeah. Well, any, I think any conscientious reader of, of the Bible, when you, when you look at some of the passages in the Old Testament and the descriptions of what God asked his followers to do, you know, particularly during the, the conquest of the promised land um you know in genesis 22 when god tells abraham to go sacrifice his son you know i mean yeah granted god stayed his hand and provided a ram in the thicket didn't go through it but just the very fact that that god would ask somebody to do that some of the bizarre things that that he asked his prophets to do you you sit there and if you're a conscientious reader, you say, how in the world am I supposed to make sense of this in, in light of the Jesus that I'm introduced to in the New Testament? The Jesus who said that we should love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us and and who seemed to live a life that was in many ways totally at odds with the way is, that God is, 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 is often pictured in the Old Testament. And particularly if we buy into one of the uh, key ideas of theology about the immutability of God, that God is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, Hebrews, the writer to Hebrews states that, but you're sitting there saying, 
okay, I'm looking at this depiction of God in the Old Testament, and I'm looking at this totally different depiction of God in the New Testament. How am I supposed to justify them? Either either he's not immutable, or he has, you know, changed, or or there's something going on to where I I can't I can't seem to bring these things together. And so that's the that's the issue that we we spent some time looking at. So so last week we were looking at the inspiration of the scripture mm-hmm. and this week then as as this is the same book and uh, yeah. we, we Christians um you said it doesn't come down to a shrink wrapped but it still is right. one book it's still one unit we we believe right. it's the word of god and god inspired that mm-hmm. and then we see two totally different pictures of god from the old testament to the new testament so that right. inspiration by that one god and working through humans and you explained that mm-hmm. last week how that comes through um shows us two different pictures so how do we how do we reconcile this immutability and the inspiration of the scriptures well so and, and i want of, you to do this week <laughs> you know one of, one of the things let me let me double back and just kind of touch on this that we talked about last week there's there's a couple of different theories as it relates to the inspiration of scripture one is what's called the dictation theory that, that basically says that the various writers of the bible were you know they were court transcriptionists they didn't ins- you know, they, they, God dictated, they captured what he dictated, they wrote just what he wanted, the way he wanted it, and so on and so forth. The other one says, it's the dynamic theory, which says God motivated, God compelled them to write, God moved in their hearts, but what they wrote was reflective of their times, reflective of their personality, reflective of their culture, reflective of their understanding of the world, and so you've got a very human element that comes into the writing, because just as Jesus was fully God and fully man, so the Bible is fully divine and fully human, and the humanity of the writers comes through in ways. So that 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 provides a little bit of a backdrop that helps us make sense of this. So you're seeing the personality of the various writers and the cer- historical circumstances. Oh yeah, come I through. mean, if, if 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 Scripture is God dictated, how do you how do you explain the stylistic differences between Luke and Paul? You know, or how do you explain John's penchant for for using certain phrases or or words or idioms? You you can't, you know. Um, a, the dynamic I think makes a much more sense. But then you understand that there's this human element that wove its way into what they wrote, and sometimes it inserts itself in ways that's confusing to us. And I think the Old Testament is, and the depiction of God there is is one of those instances. All right. So. Um... God was one way in the Old Testament, and he's a different way in the New Testament? Is that what we're to think? Well, that's what it certainly looks like, you know, and and if you if you sit there and say God changed, if you say God's not immutable, then we really lose the foundation of our faith. You know, I mean, if God changes, if God's capricious, then then he's just like any other god of mythology. You know the, the 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 people back in the Roman you know era had a pantheon of gods who were very capricious and it was trying to do what it took to get on the good side of God and stay out of his bad side because you didn't want his bad side to come and inflict you and and make life miserable for you. I mean, if if we sit there and say our God changes, then we basically reduced him to that kind of a God, and there's no way that we can 
he can serve as an anchor uh, for us in terms of our faith. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, I want you to address that situation. What, I'll flesh this out a little bit if we yeah, can. What if God changes? What so? What's the big deal there? So we'll take a break and then uh, we'll we'll get right back there. Hi, this is Amy. We at Momentum Ministries recognize that we live in changing times, but God calls us to engage this culture just as he has called his church to engage every other culture in the course of history. You may feel that there's little appetite for the word of God and the truth of Jesus Christ, but we want to remind you what Jesus said in John chapter four. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. Even in that generation, which rejected and crucified Jesus, he said the fields were ripe unto harvest. There are many in our generation who are ready to receive eternal life. Pray for them and remember that each new setting in your life is a new calling, a new opportunity to demonstrate God's love. Welcome back. I'm glad that uh, you're with us on uh, Casual Conversations, and we're with John Witsett, who's helping us think deep thoughts. And the thoughts that we're thinking today are about the immutability of God and uh, what, what happened between the Old and New Testament if he is immutable. And uh, what's the big deal if God changes? We, he just can't be an anchor for us. You know, I mean, if, if God is open to change, then what's to say that he won't change back? All right. So um, God doesn't change, but our our understanding of him. So uh, yeah, take, take I, us a little further along this line. Yeah, yeah. What what made what made sense to me, and I I can't remember who said it, but I, as I was researching this for a message I preached recently, this came up and said, you know, for us, the sun comes up in the east and it sets in the west, and it looks like the sun is moving. But when you look at the bigger picture, you realize that what's going on is the sun's stationary, but we're moving. We as a planet are spinning to where it appears the sun is moving, but in actuality, it's we that are moving. And I think it's the same thing with, with, with God is, you know, when, when God revealed himself to us, he didn't dump the whole load up front. <laughs> it was a progressive thing that played out over the course of hundreds, thousands of years. And so a lot of those writers in the Old Testament, their their understanding of God wasn't as complete and full as ours is these days, because they didn't have the benefit of Jesus that we have. And so they wrote the best that they knew, they wrote the best that they understood, but I think they, the culture in which they live, they attached some things to God that 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 is not consistent with who he is and who he's always been. If God changes, then there must have been a period in time when genocide was okay. The Bible, the Old Testament is not so much a, an accounting of the character of God as it is an accounting of the Hebrew people's understanding of the character of their God. And it progressed, it developed, it, it grew. It wasn't fully formed at the very outset. It, it moved and then... You know, Genesis or Galatians chapter four, verse four, you know, Paul says, when the time was right, God sent his son into the world. 
this is what God's like. This is, as Paul says, the image of the invisible God. And so when we look back at the Old Testament, we need to realize that these people who wrote meant well, but their understanding was incomplete and partial. And they wrote out of that incomplete and partial understanding to where some things are captured in the Bible that are not reflective of the God that we see revealed to us in Jesus. Uh, let me let me frame a question for you, um, and and you respond to to what I'm thinking here. We're using a framework of Old Testament versus New Testament, but isn't there also, as you look at the Old Testament, because it was written over a period of thousands of years, isn't mm -hmm. there a a sense of progression in the understanding of the character of God from the Pentateuch through the prophets and things oh, yeah. have things have changed? So so we have a, a little bit of a false dichotomy. So there's really more of a continuum. Yes, I, I I think you're right, that there is a enhanced understanding that moves its way along and comes to a fulfillment in, in, in Jesus. If God's infinite and we're finite, I think there's always going to be a gap. <laughs> and yeah. we should try to, we should try to understand him as fully and completely as we possibly can and make that gap as small as possible. But but to think we can totally get our minds around who God is and what he's like, that, that's an impossibility for finite beings when we're talking about an infinite God. So um, when a person comes to know Christ, perhaps he's come coming out of a, a social economic situation that... Um, would maybe bless isn't the right word, but tolerate or support the idea of of a man being able to treat his wife or his children as property. He's coming yeah. out of that, but then right. so when when he first comes to Christ or she, if it's a reverse situation, they they're operating with what they know, and so God right. is revealing Himself. So they come to the point as a scripture, or I mean, as a spirit reveals himself, they come to a fuller, uh, more merciful understanding of, of God. In many ways, that's really what discipleship about is about, is us growing and developing and, and becoming more like Jesus as we more fully understand who he is and how he would carry himself if he was in my circumstances. We, we, when we, when we first come to him, we we aren't fully formed. We we bring a lot of baggage with us, and and it just takes time for the baggage to to drop off. And baggage is still dropping off in my life, and and I'm sure in any conscientious followers, there's still issues that you realize, man, that that's that that's a wrong attitude to hold. I need to I need to relinquish that one and and live a life conformed to the example of Jesus. Okay. John, I appreciate you, you sharing, and we're going to pray, and I'll give you an opportunity to, uh, to add a couple more thoughts if you want to. Father God, we thank you today for the Word of God, that, that we believe in the uh, inspiration of the Scriptures that we talked about last week, and we also believe that God does not change. And because of that, we can have confidence that you will reveal yourself in the Old Testament, into the New Testament, Lord, as, as we see the life of Jesus and then the interpretations of that life. And so we're confident, Lord, that we'll find you 
in those words. Help us, Lord, um, to allow you to shape our thoughts as much as our own culture, as much as our own uh, understanding and circumstances, so that we can be conformed to the image of Christ, not Christ conformed to our image. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, John, anything else you want to share? Let me, let me see if I can try to say what I was getting at succinctly. When we look at the Old Testament and we come across a passage that is at odds with Jesus' life and his example, we may need to consider that that passage reflects the culture, the worldview, the perspective of the author more than it does the heart, the character, the nature of God. And uh, I think when we understand the Bible in that light, it helps it it helps it make more sense, and it keeps us from having to apologize for stuff that isn't isn't our issue because the humanity of the authors came through when they recorded it. Hope I hope that makes sense. Um, instead of putting those passages in the Old Testament that give pause and imposing that on Jesus, we then can look at the Scripture and say, "How does Jesus come up through that?" Right, revealed. Yes. So, okay. Well, thanks, John. I, I appreciate it so much. And uh, uh, we'll have you back on. Keep writing those uh, blog articles. I'll do it when worthwhile thoughts come into my head. <laughs> yeah, help us think deep thoughts. Next time uh, next time I read one that captures me, I'm going to go ahead and, and set you up to come back on Casual Conversations. We do appreciate well, it. good to spend time with you, Scott. Really enjoy it. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. I would encourage our listeners to uh, subscribe to uh, John's witsit.com and his blog on kingdom thoughts and reflections. Well, that's it for today. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Casual Conversations. Thanks for listening in on Casual Conversations brought to you by Momentum Ministries. Visit our website at momentumministries.org. That's Momentum Ministries with two M's in the middle, dot O-R-G. God bless you and have a great day.